Welcome back. You're listening to the Ghouls Magazine podcast. We are back to talk about Soho Horror Film Festival. So if you listen to our preview episode, you'll know that we were talking about some of the films that we were super excited for um, to see at the in-person festival, which was on the 11th to the 13th of November. And then there were a few picks um, and a few things we were quite keen to see at the virtual festival, which was the weekend after the 17th till the 20th. So an exceptionally packed lineup across both of the weekends. Again, don't know how Mitch does it, but it was absolutely phenomenal. The in-person event, which was at the World Cinema in Brixton, that's where it was. Uh, The opening film was Slashback, and then we saw that the closing film was Cult Hero. So then there was an incredible lineup of films at the virtual one, um, including lots of fun events, uh, such as Brad Hansen's You Sick Fucks presentation, all about vomit, Uh, in film which I'm just so glad Brad did that because it's so on brand for him Uh, (laughs) no one else could talk about vomit for that long other than (laughs) Mr Hansen Um, then Nightmare on Fierce Street versus I Spit on Your Grades podcast we're talking about slasher films um, and did a little face off against one another which was super fun Um, and then on the Saturday I was lucky enough to host a panel discussion for Ghouls Magazine on Queens of King, talking about Stephen King um, and whether his characters are feminist or whether they're not. Um, And a big, big shout out to Iona Smith, Melissa Cox, Jen Adams and Kim Morrison for joining me on that. You will be able to watch that soon. It will be coming out very soon, so you can have a look at that. But today, I have my favourite worms back. I've got Caitlin yes! and I've got Hannah. How are you both? Worms! <laughs> How are you, worms? That's the Just only answer. Worms now. Just general worms. <laughs> I love it. It's our thing now. We call each other worms. Yeah, yeah. It's stuck. It suits us all so well. <laughs> Little Soho worms coming out of like yeah. days of darkness. And yeah, absolutely. Preaching into the light. <laughs> have you both recovered from the festival? Not that it's, you know, something you have to recover from, but film festivals I find can be quite, they're quite full on. So you're both back to normality now? Yeah, I think definitely a film festival is a marathon mm. and um I, I yes I feel like I've come the other side um completely now which is great um but Caitlin um uh, you might be still coming back to us a little bit yeah I, I'm very stupid um so <laughs> I <laughs> I went immediately from Soho uh to Aberystwyth uh, for the Abattoir Horror Film Festival uh, and spent six days again in the dark um so yeah, my my recovery is a little slower because <laughs> uh, Abattoir had their virtual festival this weekend as well. So oh like, wow, it just doesn't stop. It it doesn't stop. <laughs> it doesn't stop. Just, just like too many films, film such festivals. little time. <laughs> just going, getting through them. It's it's all good. <laughs> I've got thoughts at least. <laughs> I mean, it, it's amazing. Whether they're coherent, there's... I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing that there's so many film festivals 
out there. It's a shame that they're all at the same time because it's quite hard to like get mm. to them all, plan it all, like travel around them all, like all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> afford it <laughs> like, all. Yeah. It's spread out throughout the year that it might help, but no, it all happens at once. So yeah, it's a bit hard. So Soho Horror Festival. So Caitlin, I know you've been you've been before. We discussed this on the other episode. Like me and you have been uh to it beforehand. Um, lots of the virtual stuff during lockdown. But Hannah, this was your first Soho Horror Festival. So I guess what did you think? So I was really gonna go like it's shit, but then I was scared <laughs> that someone might hear it and be like, oh, Hannah's so mean. I was like, no, I'm not gonna do it. I, I totally bottled it. No, it was just phenomenal. It was so much fun. And I didn't know what to expect. Like everyone kept telling me it's an intimate venue, and um, the bars at the back is what people kept saying. But because I had envisioned a cinema, I I, I when I walked in and I just saw it was that tunnel room with the screen at the back and it's just all in one room. It it couldn't be more intimate, but that that is this festival's speciality. Like if you want to get to know every single person and everyone's name, this is the this is the festival to go to. And I think we all can get like certain levels of social anxiety, and I definitely did because you, you just never know. You don't know what you're walking into. Mm. And by I don't know, hour hour three. I'd completely relaxed. I felt completely at home, welcomed. And it was so it was such a lovely experience. Um, people kept telling me it was gonna be cold. I didn't get cold <laughs> once. So that was good for me. I mean, I know it was unseasonably warm as well, but I was fine. But there was a really gorgeous moment where um for um breathing happy, um, before we got uh went into that film, um, the star, Shane Brady, he um uh, he he did like a ma- magician show he was he's a magician by trade and I am a sucker for a magician oh my god like I was just like there with a the big googly eyes and part of that was um vol- volunteers and um people would pick other people to go up next for the for the magic trick but everyone knew everyone's name and I recall him saying oh it's so nice how everyone knows everyone's name it's like yeah there's only ex you know te- like tens of people in here and it it really just felt like so homely, mm. and I mean I I know um, we we were far up Mitch's arse last episode, <laughs> but it's because he deserves it, and I think that's completely his doing. And I did say to him as I was leaving on that so was it a Sunday night, it was the last night, yeah. And I said you know, that there are there are posters everywhere saying like if, if um, this is an inclusive space, if you feel. Um, offended or threatened or whatever, please alert staff or alert Mitch himself. And I said, mate, you don't need them posters. I appreciate why you have them, but everyone here is the most inclusive people I've ever met. And <laughs> he was like, well, yeah, thank, you know, thank God I don't need them, but they're there just in case. And, but he's managed to find himself an audience which really abide by that way of living. And um, yeah, if anyone is listening and is you know, umming and eyeing about going, um, like just just book the book the hotel now <laughs> because it is at it is the inclusive accepting space you'd hope for mm. Soho Horror Fest. Yeah, it's like um, nice. Uh, after you've <laughs> said that, it's, oh, I, I feel like we're like 
<laughs> we've got, oh, got us in the fields there. <laughs> yeah, let the fields go down a second. But yeah, I'd, I'd agree with all of that. I think it, it's it's such a, a nice atmosphere. Um, and I think what's really nice is even if you disagree with someone about a film, like there was lots of that, you know, you have a little oh, chat yeah. in between um, or you, when you're getting food or whatever, you discuss it and mm-hmm. it, everything felt really respectful. Yeah, it feels, it does feel like, like we said, I guess, last time as well, like the community feeling is really nice, which obviously mm-hmm. like during um, the lockdown ones, like that's what I think Mitch did so well was like bring people together. But even at this one, it is like, you know, I, I everyone I spoke to at the festival, I was like, wouldn't it be nice if we had like an extra hour between every film to be able to like, talk a bit more Mm. like you you feel like you want to spend more time with everyone there whereas like some Mm. of the bigger film festivals you go to like it's quite difficult to catch up with people catch people's names see everyone you know often you will end up and you don't really see that many people at all you see loads of films but you're kind of like oh I'll go and grab food by myself or I haven't really spoken to anyone whereas like the way that Mitch has done it here and obviously like the location as well you have to speak to people is so Mm -hmm. as you said Hannah like it it is so homely like it's such a cute little atmosphere and and you find and I'm sure you as well Caitlin like lots of people that go to Soho are very engaged and like they then go together at the next ones and the next ones and like everyone kind of keeps going back because yeah I think it's just it's just a nice atmosphere there completely yeah yeah definitely I think for for a bunch of people going to watch at times some pretty uh pretty controversial films I think we are a a nice bunch (laughs) some people disagree (laughs) (laughs) there was that one person we yeah I don't know (laughs) there's always someone yeah there's always someone but no, it was a it was an amazing event. And I think um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of what you're talking about, uh Shane Brady doing the magician, like there were a lot of highlights at the festival as well, just before we kind of get into the films. There mm-hmm. were a lot of highlights there that were, I think, go above and beyond like what you would expect at a normal festival. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you'll have you maybe usually get like a panel discussion, or you know, you bump into like a famous face or a director introduces a movie, you know, get those kinds of things but like firstly espresso martinis there were through the fucking roof like <laughs> damn they were good and then also Mitch did um the other thing he did was like the what was it the creepy crawlies which for me was a doubt that you know the worst part of it all but also a highlight because mm-hmm. like everyone was having so much fun but also fucking terrified a lot of us at the <laughs> yeah. same time yeah and like, I don't think I'd want to go through that experience with anyone else like everyone really kind of again was respectful about the fact that mm. like I mean for me I was like fuck no and everyone was like it's all right you're fine <laughs> yeah but I think was that that was um to introduce um all jacked up and full of worms mm. so Mitch has gone right we've got this insect-based film to close out the Saturday let's bring in like a party a party event with creepy crawlies there was cockroaches and stick insects and there was a tarantula 
which was called Fluffy Rosie. And I told the guy to fuck off with that because why would you call that <laughs> spider Fluffy Rosie? Like, oh, I, I, I can appreciate the creativity and what, what an amazing host to entertain us. But pe- personally, that was horrible. Like I, I went and I respected and I looked, but it really just ugh, gave me the heebie-jeebies. Uh, I love that. I, I I think it's really interesting, though, isn't it? Because as you say, it, it is about more than the films, and it is about that mm, community, mm-hmm. and it is about that sort of all those little extra touches. Um, so whether that is you know your themed cocktail or yeah. one of Mitch's many outfit changes or oh, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like I, I think there's so much thought that goes into that festival from a programming perspective mm. and it would be easy enough to sit back you know when it hits that Friday evening and go cool here's the films here's what you've mm-hmm. been looking forward to get on with it mm-hmm Mitch doesn't do that. You know, it, it is an entire event all the way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, who else rocks up in the the opening night in a in a inflatable polar bear suit? No one else is doing that but Mitch Harrod. No one else. <laughs> no one else. Oh, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. I think there was also this sense of like something going to happen because he just disappeared. And um, like, forgive me, but we we there was like a a little film message to the crowd, and people seemed to know who it was, and I didn't know who it was. I was like, I don't know this person, but I loved it. And it was like this person like telling Mitch that there was some there was something in the wilderness and to be careful. And it was just so over dramatic. And it, I love like over serious, over dramatic monologues for laughs I think they're just the funniest he's just going god damn it Mitch listen to me and I was just howling in my seat and then all of a sudden polar bear Mitch appears and I was like oh I'm home this is where I was meant to be today and it was just such a good welcome yeah it's such a good time I mean I think that's the thing as well like it can sound maybe a little in jokey at, at times but I think it makes sure like you everyone's in on the joke from day one mm-hmm. oh and yeah I mean, there's no sort of like you know the fact that you don't know who it is on the video doesn't really disrupt your enjoyment of everything no else. You know, no it, not it, at all it, 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 and it stays that way throughout sort of you don't have to be you know first in through the door to to get it and feel included which is, is so nice that is such a good point Caitlin like I think mm-hmm. with with um very uh, tight-knit communities which the horror community is if you're an outsider who's like peering in through the window like on Twitter or whatever it might be there, there, I guess there could be a fear that could come across as clicky mm. um, and that, that's that's a completely fair assessment but I think like being someone who has recently come into the community over the past couple of years and that's my first time going to that event which is like I say a very small event when you're there you're in on it like it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you may identify as, you are in on it. Um, and no one is, you know, no, no one is subject to anything, um, any any kind of ridicule or anything. Everyone's included. Um, and I think that's really important to just like overstate because I'm sure we are all so thankful that the community is as accepting as it is because we're part of it and we wanted to be a part of it. 
yeah that inclusivity like I mean I I, dra- I dragged my poor partner along uh, mm. to the films and you know he's not he's not part of the horror community whatsoever uh, you know he's got no idea about it and even he said he was like oh I, re- I really enjoyed that I got to speak to everyone he was like you know I felt really included and he's like he has no idea about this so like even someone that doesn't even necessarily like horror or would never Mm. even be in the community can still feel a place and I think you know that's Mm. just how well Mitch has actually made a festival feel inclusive like that's how to do it like don't have to go you don't have to do crazy shit like you just create this nice space so yeah I guess a a big well done to to Mitch as always we'll we'll back up his ass again um yeah I'm sure he'll be happy about that (laughs) (laughs) so films so I'm just going to caveat this to anyone listening and say that I am like a little old person and I fall asleep in every film and I have to go to bed at like 9 p.m so I didn't get to see quite as many films as I wanted because, you know, get to about half 11. I was like, can you take me home to bed to my partner? Because <laughs> like, it's too late for me. So I've got a few, the ones I watch. Um, so, Caitlin, what, I'm going to throw this over to you because, yeah, because I don't have too much. So why don't <laughs> you throw, throw in one of the ones you liked? OK, so first of all, my uh, I'm going to repeat what was in my letterbox review for this one um, because it's the latent image uh, which was the second film Um, and all I had to say about it originally was um, how hot I found it should remain between me and the therapist I should probably see (laughs) like yeah no complaints very good film (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> I, because this was one of the ones that we were all quite looking forward to I think maybe it was one of the three we were all kind of had on our list yeah um yeah. but yeah it it would make I think a really good companion piece to um another film that played at Fright Fest this year called Follow Her um and that again the conceit is kind of like a writer uh and someone who comes along kind of starts to shape the writing in a different way uh, and the kind of interplay between those characters is what kind of carries it along um, so kind of matter but not not to the point that it's winking at you all the time mm-hmm. uh, but just a really interesting thing about writing and about experiences and things like that so yeah, I really liked the latent image actually. I it's not like a typical kind of film that I would go for. I think it's like in comparison to kind of what my taste is, it's quite like s- slow in places, but mm-hmm. I mean Josh Joshua Tonks is amazing in it and I did also find it really hot as well. I was like, you know, selects my partner. I'm like, he's like, "Do you like this one?" I'm like, just keep watching just not say too much (laughs) like it's just um yeah I don't know if it's us being messed up but I think Josh um and forgive me I forget the the other actor's name but they have a fantastic chemistry Mm. on screen like the chemistry that's there is really good and I loved 
that they didn't hold back on kind of like the sexual aspects of it like they went into it and you know the director even said afterwards in, in a Q&A like he was very keen on not stripping it back not being like oh better not show that um and I think especially you know between like gay men a lot of people are like oh maybe we shouldn't go too heavy on that it might put people off but like I think it actually really added to the film and was like well why why wouldn't you show that like why not right yeah I, th- I think it's it's one of those things as well that as you say it is a bit slower so it is entirely dependent on their chemistry so mm-hmm. you kind of you ha- kind of have to push the boundaries on that you know to make it work because otherwise you've got a lot of dead air and thankfully everything between them is so sort of on a knife edge the entire way through that you never feel that dead air yeah um I echo what you just said which is it's hot it was super hot (laughs) I was into it um they were hot together him and his like partner that he fantasizes about he's hot like they're all hot um I really appreciate how in order to make it seem I'm not going to say realistic because not every single person um would would kind of go through the actions that the protagonist goes through but they give him a really decent motivation of why he's continued to go through it and I think with those kinds of um especially like Cabin in the Woods films a lot of motivations can feel really contrived of like well why is this continuing why have you not got in your car yet why have you not rang the police but with Joshua's character like they really make it clear why he is so desperate to see where this is going to go for his own for his own motivation to continue writing his story, for his own influence and inspiration. So I appreciated that and that kept me engaged where I think a lesser film um, might not have had such a nuanced central plot pushing us forward. Um, so picking up on your point there, Hannah, I think what I really liked about the the element around like his motives was also that aspect of you know when you kind of like find someone attractive and you're like could this be a bad situation should I do this like I know a lot of people that have told me dating stories and me myself where I've put myself in what are not the safest of environments or situations because I've been like well I kind of like this person I think we might hear off and in hindsight I'm like wow why would you put yourself in such a dangerous situation because you're quite attracted and you're like I kind of like the risk or I kind of like them Mm. and Mm. actually like I feel like the film kind of made you face that part of you which is quite like deep and hidden because it's it's a bit embarrassing in a way to be like wow I didn't I didn't kick him out because I kind of thought we might fuck at one point and then I realized he might also be a serial killer but also might fuck (laughs) <laughs> but also might be really hot sex no yeah. totally that's a really nuanced point and actually they do they do comment on that in the film because there was a scene where joshua starts wanking like almost like to wank the thought of having sex with like the intruder out of his head but he doesn't get to finish so there he's kind of blue balls himself and then that's probably why he continues to like you know hang out with with matey boy who is clearly giving off creepy vibes hot creepy vibe <laughs> but creepy nonetheless yeah. I mean hot yeah. creepy vibes are what it's about to be honest but it's, you know. <laughs> it's like if you, 
yeah if your friend told you the story you'd be like babe what what the fuck but if you were in it you'd be like well I know myself (laughs) if he attacks me I know I could get out of this situation that's probably what the character is thinking throughout the entire thing but yeah that's a that's a really good point they do they do show that very well they do well all right so the latent image hot we shouldn't we shouldn't find it hot but we do and we all get it um and again big big well done to to josh because he is bloody fantastic in that film and it was lovely to see him on screen um so hannah what is going to be your pick so i'm going to start with satanic hispanics because that was the one i mentioned when we did our little preview and I had so much fun with this film. Um, so this is the um, Latinx uh, anthology uh, film. And it has a really interesting um, wraparound story. What they call the frame narrative, don't they? Um, and usually I can really take a leave these frame narratives. If you think about the VHS series, they're very like, this is some kind of context of why we're watching these VHS films but here in Satanic Hispanics they play have so much fun with the frame narrative and they're really like tongue-in-cheek they know they're ridiculous they know that this stuff is a bit silly and a bit contrived but you just gotta go with it and that because I've got some really good laughs in the audience there was a good mix of super scary so the very first segment I if the segments have names I have completely forgotten them but the first segment, which was from the director of Terrified, Terrified, Terrifier, Terrified, Terrified. Thank you. Um, um, so creepy. The mm. um, uh, gore effects in that one were jarring. Um, I don't think anyone was expecting it to go to that level in that moment. Um, and if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> Um, the second one, which is the vampire one, so, so much good. fun. It was so much fun. So silly. So ridiculous as a vampire trying to get home on Halloween. Like it is silly and good, good fun. There's um a uh segment where they're in the it's like this guy is trying to get out of whatever country they're in because he's been talking to the CIA, but then this forest tribe come after him and sacrifice him um that, that's good fun it, it wasn't my favorite segment but it's still good fun um and then what was the next one guys you have to help me out it's a few weeks ago now there are four segments right so the last Hold one on. was hammer of zanzibar oh oh yes so that's another yeah. silly one that's a yeah. really silly one again knows exactly what it's doing um and uh, just really good laughs and then you have the ending of the frame narrative all coming together of why this is happening why these stories are being told and I loved the climax Mm -hmm. there is this Mm -hmm. song that plays over the climax which was very Eurovision and I fucking love Eurovision so and (laughs) that's a compliment from me guys that is a compliment um and I was like listen to it I was like I love this this is going my Spotify playlist this is so much fun um, the, like this again, this um, the uh, costume design in that ending is really, really cool, really different. Um, yeah, Satanic Hispanics is one of my faves. So his his 
<laughs> Hispanic. Oh God, I'm having a day today. You know? Hispa- <laughs> satanic Hispanics. <laughs> wow, oh I'm so sorry. Um, satanic speaks Spanish. Yeah, well, I mean, it it could work. I I loved this one as well. My favourite bit was the vampire segment. To be honest, like, I think out of everything I saw, and again, I I didn't see too much, I know, but out of everything I've seen, like, this year, that one little segment brought me so much joy. So much joy to my life. Mm -hmm. I yeah, think that's really interesting about that one as well is that it's from one of the directors the Blair Witch Project um, <laughs> and I think when you see like Eduardo Sanchez's name attached to something you are <laughs> kind of predisposed to expecting something incredibly scary because that's mm-hmm. what we've been conditioned to expect and mm-hmm. then like he does that um, mm-hmm. or the segment from VHS uh, one of the sequels a while ago and it, he kind of always plays it for laughs and I guess mm-hmm. If you've made what a lot of people consider to be the scariest movie ever made, why would you ever try and match it? Why, you know, you might as well just do something completely different. Um, I think the the vampire segment is my favorite in Satanic Hispanics as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, the vampire one is super fun. Also, the the wife is Patricia Vasquez, who's a Nux in the Moon from the Mummy films. And as soon as I saw her, I was like, because <gasps> again, The Mummy is one of my favourite films ever. Um, and I was like, it's a Nux in the Moon. Oh, my God. And I've not seen her in anything in years. So that was like a real good moment for me. Um, but yeah, that, I think that if you, if you don't want to watch the whole thing, just watch that segment just for a good old laugh. Um, I, but I, I really do love the frame narrative. I think that really just comes full circle for me. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely one to watch. And I hope that gets to go on to some kind of streaming soon hopefully um yeah hopefully um I think obviously because I'd seen it before um Mm. but I'd watched Mm. it on my own um, instead of just on a screener the kind of thing it was so nice to see this with a crowd um kind of kind of know what's coming and almost anticipate that reaction but it's still being bigger than you can imagine like it Mm -hmm. it was really great it was um it was a really nice thing to uh to be part of you know yeah I was was pleasantly surprised by it like I thought it would be good but I didn't think it would be like so much fun and I felt Mm -hmm. like I really needed like a good like fun pick me up kind of film um and yeah I think also I really liked the wraparound as well like I thought that was really well done and quite creepy um and the ending like as you mentioned Hannah like costume design was super cool I don't know like I just think like there was a bit of bit of and everything for anyone in there like you had the comedy you had like the dark bits like yeah I just had a lot of fun with that and I usually I usually fucking hate fun horror films I'm like (laughs) I'm like so we're gonna have fun are we so so I was quite pleasant like I was quite happy that I was like oh this is fun like um yeah yeah, that was that was going to be I would say that was my that was my second kind of choice after the latent image so both of them have been covered surprise surprise scene as I saw like four films um, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm actually gonna choose uh one of the I quite liked a lot of the shorts that I saw mm. 
Um, mainly because also my attention span is not very good. And as you can tell, my brain doesn't work amazingly well at the best of times. So, you know, short films uh, are really good for me. Uh, one that I found really fun, talking about like fun horror films, was the opening short film, uh, Alien Dick which oh, is yeah. <laughs> by Ryan Kruger, who did um, Fried Barry. Uh, and I'd already spoken to him a bit and he was like, I think you're going to like Alien Dick. And I watched it and I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's literally what it says on the tin. It's an alien dick uh, chasing a guy and kind of nearly drowning him in like alien cum. It's completely fucking stupid. But mm-hmm. I I loved it. I just was mm-hmm. like, why not? Why not make a short movie about an alien dick? But I don't know what either of you thought about that one. Oh, you would have missed it, Caitlin, no? I, I Yeah, I was in the process of abandoning an Uber driver on Tower Bridge. Yeah. Um, not, not like his body. Like, he's alive. He's fine. <laughs> he's okay. Someone check up on that Uber driver. <laughs> <laughs> No, Alien Dick was so much fun. I think it really like set the scene for the whole weekend, actually. Just like if you want some like silly horror, like you were gonna get some. Um, and there was the energy in the room, like everyone just thought it was the most funny thing. I think as well because we just seen oh no, have we seen Mitch Jess as a polar bear at that point? And then we saw Alien Dick. I can't remember how how it came about, but yeah, it was a really silly, really silly short film to open up with flashback um which was also a very very good opening gala as well yeah slashback is super endearing it's on shudder now as well which is really nice um but yeah i I just thought it was kind of maybe slightly rough around the edges in a totally understandable way because it's everyone's first film um Mm -hmm. but it's so endearing that you just don't care you just go with it entirely you're on board from the beginning um Mm -hmm. adorable yeah agreed yeah, I thought there was maybe like a little bit, a little bit that could be cut out within that film. But like, I think the, you know, the the young girl actors, they did like so well in that film. Like it was, it was like you said, very endearing. Like I was like, mm, they're so cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were so cute. So, so cute. I would say though, like just as like a general observation and this is like no shade to any film that we saw that that weekend but just like in everyday life I find all films slightly too long and it's just getting to a point where like where's a good 90 minutes well I've got I've not got very much time <laughs> he cuts and stuff out and I think like you know the more films we're seeing the more becoming aware that we could cut out yeah maybe like 15 20 minutes um, I don't. I, I'm not sure why that trend has happened. I like to think it's because we associate prestige and good filmmaking with length, mm-hmm. um, and unfortunately, that's just where we're going. I don't know if anyone saw the latest Batman, but that is like the longest film ever made, and for what? For why? <laughs> I, so. I think that that's the thing. As you say, it, it's kind of like a film needs to be as long as it needs to be to tell its yeah. story. Yeah. Um, if you end up with 60 minutes of story in an 80 minute film that's too long do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. if you get a three and a half hour film that takes three and a half hours to tell don't mind that's Mm -hmm. totally fine because it can be done um yeah it's it's just that balance sometimes if you find that like almost 
80 or 90 minutes has become a standard that people reach to, even if their film might not reach it. Mm. Um, and on the same token, almost short films are getting longer and longer. Mm. At some point, they're going to meet in the middle. <laughs> like it used to be that you wouldn't get a short film much over 15 minutes. And now you can get them 45 minutes. And to me, that's, that's not short. Basically, getting on for a feature but again yeah. it, it's tricky isn't it and you just mm. kind of go let something be as long as it needs to be mm. yeah and I mean I know that was like a definite um positive people would say about the streaming services is that they were no longer subscribed to um t- a tv scheduling for in terms mm. of how long they needed to be um definitely with with shows we were getting that and maybe that's just now coming that's now hitting the film market as well mm. um and it's interesting because I I think I might have said this in, in in the preview episode. I would never normally watch a short film. Like I I don't they don't come into my periphery. But when you're at a film festival, so you, they 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 they're like appetizers to the main event, aren't they? And some of the some of the short films you saw that weekend were like phenomenal. The two that stand out to me were um, At Adonis, which was I believe a Dutch short film. I apologise if that is wrong. Um, um, talking about um, body image issues in young men and that has a really creepy twist <laughs> at the end um, really quite um, sickening I guess for lack of a word like it would you know maybe like feel a bit um, Did you hear the reaction in the room to it yeah, oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh god um, <laughs> but that was a really good one and the other one was Starfuckers and I cannot yes. remember what that previewed but that what a phenomenal mm. short film the cinematography of that of that one I mean again it could have only have been five minutes long right five seven minutes long yeah. and it has left yeah. an impact on my brain yeah it's so intense I think that the performance yeah. and that sort of monologue within that is mm-hmm. is really really intense um it was ahead of megalomaniac as well for mm. the like oh, um, brace yourselves hour. <laughs> oh interesting yeah, yeah I... really really good I love Starfuckers. Like, I think that was, that for me is up there as, it's on my list of, like, faves over the weekend because I just sat there and I was like, holy shit, like, this mm. is, whoa. you know, when something, like, gets you in your chest and you're kind of like, yeah, oh, I feel like I can't breathe from it. Like, mm-hmm. and it was yeah. interesting because, like, it didn't, it didn't really, I guess, it like, if you compared it to a lot of, like, other horror stuff, like, it doesn't necessarily lean fully into the horror element but to me I was like it's more and probably because it was showing before like megalomania but more along those lines of like disturbing extreme cinema where you know like a lot of that kind of stuff may not even have like violence or gore in it you'll never see that but what you see is so disturbing without having to see that Mm -hmm. and I felt like starfuckers really nothing really happens and yet everything that happens and you know mm-hmm. everything like mm-hmm. I think that was so good like mm-hmm. so good and the performance is like what the fuck that is actually how good can someone be on screen like how yeah. good <laughs> I know so engaging the I think again potentially the horror comes from the subject matter of what I was dealing with mm. but also like the intense emotion that was yeah. coming through on that screen like it was and that is I mean I don't know what the actor was called, but full credit to them, like just to get that level of power. And they weren't saying anything. They were lip syncing. Mm. And I was just like, 
I am just enraptured by this. And mm. I just like just there was a, there's a moment, I think it's towards the end, where like the camera's like below the chin and just staring, and then they look down and it's just the most intense shot. You feel like you're just being stared right into your soul like a really really phenomenal like I say like five or seven minutes it was just so engaging so Caitlin what is your next pick uh okay so as part of I think the Sunday afternoon of emotions <laughs> I'm gonna bring <laughs> breathing happy to the table for discussion <laughs> and Hannah's got her head in her hands I've heard <laughs> I've seen people talking about this, so I need to tell me, I need to know the DL on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so just for like um, sort of context as well, this followed Hypochondriac, which is probably one of the most upsetting films of the year, but also one of the best. Like, can't tell you enough about it. I cried so hard at it. Um, <laughs> but I think people genuinely worried about, for me. <laughs> um, and then I watched it again two days later at Avatar and cried again. Um, so, <laughs> and somebody was like, oh no, you're going to cry at it, but you'll rack your eye makeup. I was like, it don't move, love. It doesn't move. <laughs> <laughs> She's a professional. <laughs> you cry as much as I do, you get some good eyeliner. Uh, so yeah, Breathing Happy was on that. So it was already emotional, but also probably considering there's probably not that much water left in my body for, for this, right? I cried at least five times at different points during that. I think five times. I, at least, at least. Damn. Um, <laughs> it just didn't stop every time. I just got more and more upset. And I was like, wow. Uh, it, it centers around um, Shane Brady, who is also the director and the writer. Um, playing a man who is about to reach his uh first year of sobriety uh and it's around christmas time and sort of the pressure is on for him to meet that deadline uh and during his sort of countdown then he's visited by a number of manifestations of his internal demons then mm. that's sound. i mean actually i i, I remember you you both mentioning this one on the last one um and I feel like I'd really like to watch it but I feel like I guess that sounds like quite tough maybe quite a tough film for a lot of people maybe that are approaching like times around Christmas and you know I guess thinking about like some of those festive films that maybe do go down a bit of a darker path like Christmas as much as it's like festive and happy and stuff can be a really like tough dark time for a lot of people so sounds like you know he made something that's very powerful and probably connected with a lot of people as well on on emotional level yeah I think as well what's really interesting about it is, is that it is quite an intimate film um mm -hmm. so it it is mostly um him in the house mm. uh, there are interjections from things that I won't spoil that are great fun um, and that's the thing that the film does have this great sense of humor all the way yeah. through. Um, and that really, it really cements the emotional stuff as well, because you will mm. laugh at something or you'll, you'll appreciate some sort of close up magic trick that he's done as part of it. Um, which again, makes everything feel 
like it's all in one frame all the time. Like you never get out of that. You never get out of his head. Um, mm. And I think that's why it's so uh, intense then. Uh, and the emotion comes from that because you are just with him the entire way. Mm -hmm. um, I love this film. Um, and I kind of don't want to get into it why I loved it because it makes more sense for hypochondria. But the double bill um is uh, first of all <laughs> phenomenal it, they complement each other so so well um the kind of familial trauma um getting better like all, all those kinds of things are, they are talked about in both films um but it is it is a hard watch and I think especially because it talks about addiction so well and I think if anyone has had any issues with, with addiction or, or finding sobriety, whatever it might be, especially around Christmas, which we know is a boozy time of year. Um, yeah, it, it goes goes through levels and levels and levels of like self-discovery and um the 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 um the motivation to get better, right? And I think I don't remember when I cried. But I think I was just at a constant brim of tears um, just because I, I, it, it's so beautifully done. And it is funny. There are mm -hmm. some proper laugh out loud moments which catch you off guard. So you're kind of like sniffing, sniffing over here. Then all of a sudden, like it's, um, oh, like the hilarious moment has happened like, with people on a phone call. And you're like, wait, what? It's real like whiplash. Um, but it, 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 yeah, I think you have to be in a, in a specific state of mind to get through that one mm. okay yes um I, I i would i would i think to anyone who has mental health issues or like say addiction issues i would i i genuinely would approach that with a soft hand i wouldn't dive straight into that yeah i think as well a lot of people might argue um that oh it's not horror which is my mm. like i cannot think of a worse conversation to have with anybody <laughs> <laughs> honestly it's just and it it is absolutely a horror film because it, it's almost mm. like this this one man play right um yeah it's assisted yeah, by the the devices of cinema but it is one man bearing his soul um mm. for you know hour and a half like mm. it is so sustained it has that intensity it is about that you know if, if we talk about horror as being put in the inner life outside Mm -hmm. does that it absolutely does that yeah it's holding a mirror up yes um and yeah that that argument i mean get to fuck with that argument <laughs> you know, know what i mean like that's that's one of the best things about this genre is it, it can be as broad or as specific as you'd like other mm -hmm. genres wish they had this range yeah exactly I think it's really interesting as well that Sunday is we had um, a run of films that were all quite intimate um, mm. sort of character studies. So we kicked off with Masking Threshold, which, again, is a hell of a way to start a Sunday. <laughs> like, it's a very intense, um, almost first person view of someone um, going through some stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. looking for a cure for his tinnitus and the kind of research he does with that. Um, then you have hypochondriac, which again is about someone looking inward and trying to figure out what's going on with their life. And then into Breathing Happy. It was, And it's really interesting how each mm -hmm. film does it in a very different way. 
mm-hmm. um, all within the trappings of the genre then, mm-hmm. some more mainstream than others, but like all succeeding in, in what they're trying to do. Well, I have got a, I need to watch all three of those. And seeing as it sounds like they're all good together, as soon as mm-hmm. I can, I can get them and I can, you know, actually make my eyes stay awake for longer than five bloody minutes I really look forward to watching those they sound like you know very emotional films which as you've said you know horror is emotional it's human and probably what it does best at times so I'm looking forward to watching those ones um Hannah what is your next pick yeah I'm actually gonna stick within those three films just because hypergondriac like sang sang to me in a way that I hadn't had a film do to me for a very long time um so listeners I apologize because we're going to get slightly deep here um Hypochondriac is about this incredibly likable young man he's a he's a pottery a potter yeah and he (laughs) I was like what's the right word (laughs) and he um he his mother uh looks to have suffered from paranoid schizophrenia growing up to the point where she thought her young son was working with the CIA to to, to do something with her and he, uh, she threatened his life. Um, now he's an older man, he's made the decision that he no longer has a mother in his eyes and to a point where like with his relationship um, with his partner like she he's she, sorry he's told him that she has died like she, she doesn't mm-hmm. exist and all of a sudden she comes back out of the woodwork which triggers his own mental health issues and it talks about whether mental health is hereditary um nature versus nurture and how he deals with it you know he's um there's a really fantastic scene at the beginning of this film where he calms his um his colleague from a panic attack and he's so gentle with her and so empathetic and we see throughout the film, he does not offer himself that same level of kindness, which I think, again, a lot of us can probably relate to that. You're a lot kinder to your friend mm. than yourself. And um, so, yeah, so he starts to kind of fall down this this hole, for lack of a better term. And his his manifestation of this mental health issue um, is this man, this grown man in a homemade wolf costume. And it's really quite Donnie Darko-esque. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, so it culminates. Um, again, I'm going to have that conversation like, oops, it's horror. Ugh, you know, fuck off. Um, not a lot really happens in terms of like out and out horror. But some of the acts he does to himself when he's in these um, uh, manic episodes is really quite scary and there's a lot of like oohs and ahs in the audience as they happened um but the the, how it ends is he ends up um in hospital and uh the, the the doctor comes in and explains to him kind of he's gone through this episode he doesn't know what's real or what's not and the doctor explains to him what's real and then she goes you know you're here um you can get better but you have to do the work. And that just destroyed me in, 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 in the most positive sense, because um, to, to be vulnerable with you guys, like I've gone through um, my own struggles over the past <laughs> X amount of years with mm-hmm. an eating disorder. And this year 
I finally found something that worked for me and I am well over six months um, out of that eating disorder. Um, but one thing that stuck with me was I have to do the work. I have to put this effort in. It was almost like if I don't do this, what happens? And I didn't like that. What What if, um, you know, like, where do I go if I stay on this mm. train type thing? So she goes, you have to put the work in. You get this montage of him doing the work. And at the end, um, it's not like a necessarily happy ending. You don't see him like going back to pottery, whatever it might be. But he sat on a bench and his partner comes and holds his hand and the the man in the wolf costume is sat next to him and he's now a child in the wolf costume. Mm. And again, as someone who has worked on their inner child, I was bawling my eyes out. I had not seen that, that level of understanding of what it is to recover from a mental health issue that intensely to show your inner child to show that that is what's important about getting better and you know your inner child is what's what drives all your behaviors as an adult you need to look after them and to see that on screen so so eloquently just to have them on a bench in a little wolf costume was just so beautiful and so touching and i i could not recommend this enough i think with, with breathing happy, I would say you have to be in a certain state of mind to accept and absorb everything that's going on. With hypochondriacs, I think if you have mental health issues, even if you're in the middle of them, it will help you find a light, that there is a light. Because mm. if you're in it, sometimes you, it can feel so isolating and there is no way out. But that film shows that there is, there is always a way out. And you just have to put the work in. And I know it's so simple for me to say, but as someone who's gone through it, I really truly believe that. Well, I, I mean, thank you for sharing all that. And it's amazing that you have found that that thing that works for you. Because yeah. this thing is so difficult to find that. Um, oh, it's and so I think difficult. what's key with hypochondriac is it begins with a disclaimer that is based on a real breakdown. Um, because it is. Uh, Addison, the film's director, had I break down very much like what happens in the film. Um, and when you see him now, he is the most fun person and, and everything like that. And he's doing really well. So it, it's a lovely thing that you have this film that reflects the person who's bringing it to you as well. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's why it is, it is so sincere and it is so true. Um, and it's ugly in places because that's that's what it is. You know what I mean? No one sort of clicks the switch and goes, I'm better now. Mm -mm. Uh, it, it's a process and it, it's things like that. So, yeah, I, I mean, I love the film. It's going to keep destroying me. I know it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, agreed. But I'm going to keep signing up to watch it. I don't know. I don't understand. <laughs> oh, I would have it. Also, it opens with Jesse J's Domino. Um, and if that is not like the biggest red herring of a film <laughs> to a film I've ever seen, like, oh, this is going to be fun and happy and sad. <laughs> no, no, it's going to destroy you. No, I, I think as well, like uh, you would die for the main character um, oh, for Will instantly. He's adorable. So good. Such yeah. a good character. Yeah. Amazing. Incredible. This film sounds beautiful. I, yeah, can't wait to watch it. I think. We need more and more films that accurately portray 
mental health and again like horror is the perfect genre to do that um so we're gonna uh we're gonna wrap up soon uh so we'll kind of just whiz through our last film so again I didn't I really didn't see much else um the only other film I did see which probably actually doesn't make my last kind of cut is Megalomaniac uh everyone's been banging on about it to me not everyone but a lot of people and I have to say like I was a bit disappointed I did have a nap halfway through I'm not gonna lie again (laughs) might just be because I can't keep my eyes open for anything um I I liked aspects of it I thought some of it was really well done I love some of the gore but overall bit bit tame for my taste and I think Caitlin you might have even mentioned to me I think on the day at one point that you were like well I don't think you'll find it that bad and I came out and I was like you know it's good but it's not like I don't think I'd rush to watch it again that one I think the the thing with it is I mean I really love it and I've that was my third time seeing it um And I just like it more and more each time, to Mm. be honest. But I think if you've been sold it on the back of, um, here's this really extreme film. It's going to push your boundaries. Yeah. It's not particularly boundary pushing, right? So Mm. I think it has the vibe of some new French extremity. I think you could see martyrs written all over it um, in in the earlier bits in the house, certainly. Um, And like I say, that inner and outer life, I think, is mm. there. Um, it's it's not as sustained in the kind of intensity as those films, though. So, yeah, if you're going in expecting, I'm going to get my world rocked, you know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not a world rocker, let's put it that way, for me, anyway, like um and yeah my my poor partner was like oh god what the fuck was that I was like oh sorry about that one um (laughs) the only other film that I really want to see which didn't get to see but I've heard a lot about was um of course all jacked up I'm full of worms I didn't see it I still haven't seen a worm movie and I feel like I would have liked the worm movie but I didn't hear I didn't hear great things um to be honest, I heard some questionable remarks uh-huh. off the back of that one. I don't know what you guys thought about that one. We've based our entire personality on words. <laughs> and for what, you know? Like... <laughs> yeah, I regret I mean, to inform you that I did, in, I did not enjoy the worms. No, nah, it wasn't for me. I mean, I don't want it to be like overly negative, but it. Uh, I think, like, from my own personal taste, I do need a plot mm. and the plot be lacking in this film yeah. I, I think the main issue I kind of kept finding with it is that it's quite sort of segmented then so you have right. one thing going on here one thing going on here one thing going on here um and that that's fine um occasionally I think as well it's a little bit too lo-fi to pull off what it wants to pull off yeah um, and again that kind of leads to your attention wandering a little there's also like a, a scene very early on with a reveal in it that's going to immediately tell people if they're going to watch the rest of that film or not yeah um because it yeah it, it's it's a button presser for sure yeah um, but then i i don't like that 
because it just <laughs> feels like someone's gone oh, you know what will piss people off worms <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean like, the worms are fine I don't mind the worms it's just what what Kate, Caitlin's alluding to is just like oh fuck off yeah I, it feels- it's one of those real things that's gonna split an audience real fast so from yeah. what I heard on what I think you're talking about, but I mean, I haven't seen the film, but I, I did a bit of digging. What I heard was that it's maybe a a bit of a, ooh, something like a Serbian film did it. Could we push towards hinting at something uh. a bit along the lines of let's mm-hmm. be super controversial, not necessarily <laughs> the same kind of thing, but something that's, yeah, going down the line where you go, did we really need to fucking do that? I think it, I think it's deliberately provocative and I think right. it's provocative mm. for a reason because I think if you don't kind of blink at that there's something you're not paying attention do you know what I mean yeah um and I, yeah. I think as far as art should provoke and art should garner a response um it's successful <laughs> the, the the response it's going to get most is probably people switching it off though <laughs> like yeah or walking out the room. I, I, I mean, I, I, obviously, I, I, my seatmate, uh, Naomi, um, she looked over at me during that moment and was like, I, "We just shared this moment of like, oh fuck, oh no, oh god." <laughs> um, and by the end, she sort of stepped out to the side because it just wasn't for her. And she was like, "Do you yeah. know what? I'm not going to keep doing this." Um, I saw it through, and kind of waiting for like well where does it all pay off where's the the mm. central kind of where where's the thing that's going to reward that kind of sitting with it and it didn't for me I couldn't tell you how it ends and I watched it all no I think I've erased quite a lot of it yeah yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend Wow, sad. We are not worms then. We are, you know, I mean, we're you might be a worm yet. Worms. Well, maybe yeah, you might love it. I mean, might be <laughs> and then you guys are like, actually, we don't want to be in the worm gang with you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make our own worm film. <laughs> <laughs> so, last film, I think that you both might have the same one. So, I'm going to throw it over to you both. And whoever goes first goes first. So what was uh what's your final pick for Soho Horror Film Festival? The Jeff the Cabin. Yes. <laughs> this was on my list uh, during the last one. So I was really glad that I was like as in love with it as I am. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, not all our picks were entirely successful. But this one. Mm. I have never in my life experienced cuteness aggression during a film. Do you know that thing where you're watching something that's so cute that you just want to punch something? Yeah. Like, it, just that <laughs> kind of thing. If you see something, you're like, oh, I can't deal with how cute that is. I'm just going to crush it. Mm-hmm. I got that during this. It is adorable. Ridiculous. It just, ugh, love it. I love it. <laughs> I just can't even be it, coherent about it. It is beautiful. It is such a good film. And I think, like, I, I didn't know this film. I remember you talking about it, Caitlin. But even when you talked about it, I was just like, oh, okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll mm. see what it ends up. And it is my pick of the festival. Um, it is so cute, absolutely. 
um, it is so poignant. Um, it does smack you in the face a bit towards the end. Um, and they've, they've propped you up with all this incredibly quick dialogue. I, the dialogue for me was the, the best bit. The relationship between the characters, the way they speak to each other. It's like they've been, well, it, the characters have been best friends for however many years. And you mm. can feel it in the way they talk to each other. It, it's just It just feels like anyone chatting to their mates to get it so natural but so funny still so quick-witted yeah. um just like context so that this what this is the one about the um uh, gay couple who go to an airbnb um one's a lot more into the other one and there are ghosts at the airbnb um mm. the airbnb is called the jessica cabin which is why it's called the jessica cabin um, and these two ghosts are just so likable <laughs> so <laughs> so likable um, played by Daniel Montgomery and Riley, Riley Rose Critchlow. What a name. Um, mm. And they were there um, to kind of uh, present and open up the film, which was amazing to see them. So um, they are obviously friends and they must have wrote the film together and you can see that comes through. Um, and then you know, they're lonely ghosts and they're looking at the really nice gay guy and they're like, could he join our ghost thruple? And it's just so funny the way that they're trying to like rationalize murder. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It was, and it's a really bright film, like mm. incredibly light. The palette is very light. Um, you can tell it's a COVID film because it's very minimal cast and it's one mm -hmm. location. Um, and you know, I think a lot of the films we saw that weekend felt like COVID films. Um, yeah. Which, you know, it is just, that's what we'll remember this era for, you know? Yes. Um, these one location, minimal cast films. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really, really funny and lovely film. And I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting to love it as much as I do. I've recommended it to anyone of, anyone who would listen to me, like, oh, when this comes out, you have to find it. It's so good. It's so much fun. I mean, it, again, it's one of those ones that's going to get the, it's not horror. It's got ghosts in it. Shut up. Um, <laughs> like, that'll do. Like, I think more horror films should be written in a cabin while listening to Taylor Swift's folklore, as this was. Because if this is the result, <laughs> brilliant. And it is, it is very much that kind of, you know, it's a film about yearning and a film about longing um, and a film about connection. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and yeah, I cried. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> um, what a surprise. Um, <laughs> but, but I think it's, it's really a unique film as well, because so often when we get uh, gay and trans and non-binary characters, there is some element of that pain that is within that narrative mm -hmm. and this is interesting because there are kind of nods to it and mm. um, there, there's sort of uh there's one comment about a non-binary character's name uh mm. and that's kind of all it's given it, it's not this it doesn't make them their identities it, they are yeah. they are more than that they are you know you are getting to know them on a, a deeper level um, so rather than doing a narrative about sort of LGBT pain, you get mm -hmm. a narrative about 
these three characters yeah. and the way in which they are all interact for if if you also count sort of Jessica as this sort of constant presence throughout the film mm-hmm. you know there's photos of her on every every wall and things like that and it, it feels very much like you know you're in this space with someone you've never met and you've got no concept of her at all mm-hmm. but yet she's everywhere and I think it, it's a really fascinating film uh very lo-fi and as mm-hmm. you said I love how light it is like mm-hmm. there's barely any darkness in it it's all this lovely pastel kind of pretty cabin stuff yeah beautiful it looks different. why you know if every single film looked the same like you can go in and watch every single horror that's like graded with that like horrible blue or gray color and just go <laughs> oh god like, here we go again like this has got a real identity to it and it's got character and it's got humor um yeah, yeah. i think just to piggyback off that i think we're still used to seeing um lgbtq plus characters or marginalized gender characters meet their fate because of their sexuality or gender exactly. identity yeah this film it's it's a footnote it's it's not about that at all it is yeah. the human experience oh god i know that's such a cliche thing to say but genuinely is about <laughs> the human experience well um, yeah because uh, it, it's not about coming out right because it's no, so many god, no. lgbt narratives are about coming out yeah um, mm-hmm. or being forced in or uh, anything like that this is not that narrative no. you know everyone just is who they who they are and yes yeah. there's some reference to the fact that some people don't like that but within the confines of that cabin, mm-hmm. there's no problem. No, it's acceptance. Yeah, I love that. And I've, and I mean, I haven't seen the film, but like all I've seen is its praises being sung from everyone that's seen it. Like I've not seen or heard a bad word about this movie. Like just everyone saying this. I think someone asked, you know, if there's one film I should watch from the weekend, I've got to catch up. What is it? Everyone came back and was like, it's the Jessica Cabbing. Like, that needs to be the film you watch. And I think, like, mm-hmm. so nice as well that, you know, as you said, you know, it's a story that's not, it's not about people being, you know, it's not about their sexuality. It's not about their gender. That's just who they are, which is the whole point of these, you know, narratives including marginalized voices not in a way that goes oh yeah but you know we killed off a gay person so it's fine Mm. it's like Mm -hmm. no no like you know these people we can still have stories that include these voices but it's not about who they are and what they are it's just about you know they are just a character in this story that could have anyone you could slot anyone within that kind of story kind of thing Mm. um yeah I'm I'm super excited like I really want to catch up and watch the Jessica Cabin because it sounds lovely and also like like you're saying I mean I ghosts ghosts are definitely horror and cute ghosts is like my favorite thing and we've seen I'd say like in recent years we've kind of seen like ghosts and seeing things from their perspective a lot more in stories Mm -hmm. and I think it's a really nice and different perspective like and really can be quite like, you know, heartwarming to see a ghost from the other side. So I'm very much looking forward to to the Jessica cabin for sure. Um, well, we've gone through a lot of films. I think we've actually covered maybe more than we were planning to. But, you know, I feel like we could probably 
keep going and add yeah. even more but as we said earlier we do chat a lot of shit so <laughs> we'll yeah. tone it down at some point um but thank you both for taking me through those I feel like I have now got a lot on my list to catch up with as well which I'm really excited for um and I'm sure everyone listening as well is really looking forward to watching a lot a lot of these films once they're made available hopefully through streaming sites maybe some might also be more kind of like independent um straight to video but you know I'm sure we will find a way to watch them um soon so before before we head off me to bed because it's like you know grandma time to go to sleep um <laughs> where what have you guys been working on do you have anything to plug and also where can everyone find you so Hannah, you first <laughs> me first so you can find me on twitter as at queen beast says and instagram and letterbox as at queen beast and my latest piece which is waiting to be published is about how much i love resident evil the film franchise starring Mia Jovovich. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's stupid. I think it's shit. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, so yeah, that's coming soon. I also love the game franchise, but this is more specifically about those films. So yeah, look out for that. I'm sold. Can't wait to read it. <laughs> and what about you, Caitlin? Um, yeah, I am findable on Twitter at the moment, uh, <laughs> at Scared oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm also on Hive, but kind of, yeah, I'm on Android, so it's not it's not built for me yet. <laughs> but like, at Scared Sheepless on there, at Scared Sheepless blog on Instagram. Yes, that's, yeah, that's correct. Um, <laughs> at the moment, I'm taking a very short, uh, hopefully short, right in hiatus. Um, but everything's going to stay live on the blog it's not going anywhere it's just that nothing new is going to be published because a bitch is tired <laughs> and um, I need to regroup uh so I can get some thoughts out I do have uh I think one more review coming out for ghouls um which is for your must-see Christmas film of the year the leech but the that's leech. it for now oh Hannah mm. you're gonna love it am I let me tell you like if we've learned nothing else from all these film wrecks on you, it's that you need to listen to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there we are. I will just follow you blindly. Yeah, no, that, that's all I've ever wanted, really, is um, <laughs> complete subservience. And um, <laughs> no, it, it, it's like the polar opposite of the Jessica cabin, if you like. <laughs> oh, no. Mm -hmm. In a good way. In a, In good, a good way. way. Okay. In a good way. Yes, I've I've read I've already read your review, Caitlin. I get you know what I like to call editors perks. Get to read them soon, and <laughs> the leech sounds very good. So another film. God, I've got to catch up on a lot. I need to stop sleeping. Clearly, um, <laughs> <laughs> lots to catch up on. Uh, I am at Zobo with a shotgun on most social media places. The ones that still exist and they haven't imploded yet. Also made a hive fucking hate it posted one tweet going uh and came off of it deleted it so that's gone well um and then of course ghouls magazine you can get us at ghouls magazine on twitter at ghouls magazine also on instagram um and you can head over to ghoulsmagazine.com for more articles reviews editorials um more wonderful articles by both caitlin and hannah um a few shit ones by my myself but you know they, they swing <laughs> by somehow 
Um, and you can also join up for our Goose Gang, uh, which you will get exclusive member content um, delivered to you monthly. And we've got a lot coming in 2023, which is going to be really exciting. So thanks for listening. Thanks to Caitlin and Hannah. And thanks to Mitch for giving us all these movies that we can chat lots about. So until next time, worms, stay ghoulish. (laughs) 